It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is that time once again for me to declare us live. Awesomeo.com, PJ Strategy Show, CJ Cup Edition. Myself, Ben Raza here with fantasy golf man Tim Frank. We're here. We're ready to go. We're not in South Korea. This is at Shadow Creek, which we're obviously going to talk about. But Tim, we got a little, little non-cut action this week. We could use that after last week. Yes, we could. Yes, I, I got could. my fair share of missed cuts last week it was i was telling you before the show i've and you know i'm playing a little less volume because it's swing season but i will say this i've never in my life had i had no five of sixes but i had a six of six and the six of six had martin laird so it made it was really up there uh but when you when you're asking one team to do the entire heavy lifting it's a little (laughs) far-fetched to get there just a nice humble brag on the six of six. I would have, I would have liked to get like a four of six or something. It was just a total, a total yeah. disaster last week for me. Um, to to quote Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, if my lineups were a dog, they would have taken them out back and shot them. That's oh wow, harsh. Was it De- what was it? Was it Decky? Was it Ricky? It was Morikawa. It was Ricky. It was Brendan Steele. Um, I I lost track of how many mostly Morikawa and uh and Brendan Steele who both shot six under like I mean I don't know it's a ridiculous tournament when your guys are shooting six under not making the cut but um I guess you gotta yeah. play better I don't know I don't know what the answer is that was a it was a crazy tournament. it was it was I mean it, it's bizarre I was saying also for a show I had my that was my highest scoring lineup ever ever and that just shows how high that scoring really was uh I've never seen a cut line like that. It, it's hard. Like, you know, to see guys that shoot five or six under, you don't, it's hard to be frustrated with them like that. Those are quality rounds of golf and you're still not getting there in terms of making the weekend. Yeah. And I think that's something to remember going forward when we maybe look at some of these guys playing this week or in the coming weeks. And we look back at the Shriners at a missed cut. And, you know, we always say not to make too much out of one missed cut, but especially that, I mean, some of these, I mean, they, they played well. I mean, I don't know. It's yeah. not, you know, not making an excuse for the missed cut, but I mean, I don't know. You play six under, you're positive, you know, off the tee and on approach. It's not not really a bad week. So it's, you know, not not all missed cuts are the same. That's something I think you can really take it. We talk about that a lot. I, I think people overreact to guys missing on the number um, and things like that. And we see time and time again, guys that make it on the number. Then you look at the final results 
oh, this guy played great. He came in seventh. And it's like he was one stroke away from missing that cut, and it would change the entire narrative of the whole week. Yeah, yeah, very true. I mean, you got to – you got to dig a little bit deeper than just what the numbers on the surface or what you see. I mean, there, there's a lot more, especially with golf, there's a lot more that goes into it than just flat out looking at, at the numbers on the paper. Uh, yeah, I think that's an it's way more of an art than a science. That's why it's my favorite DFS sport. Um, Cause there's definitely an art form to it. Uh, shout out to Martin Laird. Listen, we, we, we did mention him. I wish we bet him. That did not happen, but he got it done. He's got the uh, the desert track, former winner there. And now we start the Vegas swing, I guess you could say. So just for people, you know, the CJ Cup is normally in South Korea. It's not this year because of COVID. They go to Shadow Creek, which we have seen at the Tiger Phil thing, right? Uh, I mean, if you're saying we, you're including well, no, no, society. I, I did not watch a shot. Neither did I. So this is Steve Wynn's course. That's literally all I know about it, Tim. Um, It's a pretty, I think it's a famous course. It's one that I've, when I've been in Vegas, people have mentioned, I have never played it. Certainly. What do you know about Shadow Creek, which we're all seeing for the first time, I guess? Well, let's start with the most important question. And I know the obvious answer is yes. Will they have shot tracker or were they just assuming this was going to be in Korea? So they didn't uh, allocate Ooh. the shot tracking uh, computer and all that other crap for this event. I, I would assume. So let me ask you that. So let's step back. Did the CJ cup have shot tracker? No. no. Okay. So that's step one. Well, this had, I didn't have even think of that. I would assume so chat, feel free to confirm if they're shot tracker, but you better be right. I'm sure there will be. I, uh, I, I yeah, I, I would think so. But it wouldn't be a total shock if we opened it up Thursday and there was none <laughs> because like, that would be so tilting. They, they didn't have the machines calibrated because this was supposed to be in Korea or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we're way off topic here. 7,500 yard par 72, uh, a lot different from last week. I mean, if you look at the pictures of the course, flyovers, et cetera, it looks like like a North Carolina course. Like, yep. aside from the mountains in the background, you know, lush green, a lot of trees, rolling hills. So it, it's more reminiscent of like a tree-lined Carolina course uh, than it is a desert course. Um, it's long, 7,500 yards. You know, there's a little bit of altitude, so I don't think it'll play that long. Um you know, but like we've all been saying week after week, and like we saw last week, I mean, the, all these courses, they all favor the Bombers. It's like, honestly, course fit is is dead. Um, you know, we were watching Ryan Moore and Rod Pampling tear up the Shriners six or seven years ago, and now it's like Matthew Wolf and Bryson go there and just take that place apart in a completely different manner. And, and that's just the direction golf is going. At 7,500 yard par 72, I would expect – the same thing if not more of bombs away this week i'm not a huge course fit guy but honestly they they all favor the bombers now they all favor the bombers yeah i I think it's more there are some courses that are going to force players into things they don't want to do and others where you have options i think this is somewhere i i'd like to say oh it's one or the other i think this is somewhere in the middle um you'll be better off if you naturally want to be aggressive off the tee but you don't have to be uh, it's at elevation. You can handle it. But this is not where you have unlimited options, Not certainly not on the heritage spectrum if we want to go that way. I think it's a pretty standard, typical course. And, you know, you mentioned it. 
certainly uh, Josh Culp, who, who writes for Roto World, great guy. Uh, in his preview, which is a great read, he mentioned that the player quotes most of them said, "This is not a desert track. This seems like a something you see on the East Coast, North Carolina." You mentioned so that is a little weird. Um, I don't know what exactly we would do with that, but again, these are the best players in the world. It's a non-cut, seventy-nine players, so keep that in mind. Anything else? I mean, there's a lot of water here, Tim. What do you think is going to be the biggest defense? Is it the hazards? Yeah, it looked that way to me. I mean, I guess we probably wouldn't expect a lot of wind and whatnot, but yeah, some of the hazards. But I, I don't know. I, I, I think we're going to see a birdie fest. I mean, it's hard to project scoring at a place that we've never had a tournament before. Um, so, but I mean, I don't know. Just looking at, at, at what I could see, it didn't look like anything was going to be brutally difficult. So I wouldn't expect. I'd, I'd expect birdies, maybe not on the pace that we saw last week, but, you know, 18 under, 16 under, somewhere around there. If not yeah. more, I don't know. It's it's really, it's impossible to project for me, course fit, winning score, when, when we haven't seen it. I mean, everybody can speculate, but it, it's difficult. I know that that stupid Tiger Phil match or whatever was there, but I mean, what can't really take too much from that, if no. anything. No, I, I think that's just one of the many things that you can build lines to. Like when I build this week, I will say the winning score is going to be 12 under and I will build some lineups. I will say the winning score is going to be 22 under. I will build different lineups with different guys. And then I hope that what my narrative is really comes to fruition and the guys are right. Uh, We just don't know. Keep in mind, these are better players this week. So that's going to help. Like if all these guys played last week, 30 under probably would have won. So these are really, you know, this is almost like a WGC field in a lot of ways. Yep, I was thinking the same thing. Very yep. good field, so. All right. Now, here we go. It, well, there's only 70-something guys, so this should be easy, right? Let's kick it off. We got Rom, DJ, JT, Rory, Xander, and the new addition to the 10K plus options, it's hard to say it's not warranted, is Matthew Wolf. Uh, you've got six guys over 10 K you've got two over 11 K you've got basically all the best players in the world outside of Bryson, who I guess he's back in the lab, but what do you do to start off your lineups here? So for me, you know, I, I've always put, or at least this year recently put Rom, JT, DJ and Rory kind of in the same class. I think they're a cut above Xander definitely above a guy like Wolf. Mm-hmm. And for me, when they're all playing well, I mean, I rate their skill level equal, uh, you know, chances of winning or win equity equal for me. And they all are playing well. I, I'll always kind of just defer to the cheapest guy. And that's Rory this week. And I, and I honestly really like a lot of things about Rory. You know, he, since the restart, he kind of wasn't playing that well but wasn't playing terribly um but he's really kind of turned it on the last few events still without truly truly contending um but since the restart he hasn't missed a cut he's had positive ball striking in every start so that's 10 starts um t12 or better in his last three starts you know he seems to be kind of peaking uh, and the other guys have all played well. Rom won twice. DJ won once. JT won once. Rory just hasn't quite been there. I like the price. I think he's kind of peaking right now. So I think for me, he's the play at the top. That's right. Correct. Um, I hope at least. 
I bet him. He's 14 to one uh, on some sites. That's good enough for me in an 80 man field. It hasn't been the best year when you're this good, you need to win. Uh, but you just mentioned it. He's actually been stable. Tita green rock solid. He's gained putting in a couple straight. You mentioned the three good results in a row. One of them was the U S open. That's the last time we saw him, you know, he was not dealing at like, it's a bad thing, obviously, but he had the baby situation. Now that's all behind him. I expect him to come out and play very well here, picking up to the master. So uh, I have no problem with him. I, I, the way I always look at these guys, I agree with how you did it to me. JT is always the safest. seems like even when he doesn't have his a game, he rarely crushes you. Uh, he's got a something about these guaranteed four rounds, um, small fields, gar- like he, he's, excelled and things like that so i don't mind it for me i certainly would start with rory what do you do with wolf though because of all these guys you could say he's playing the best i mean the guy is absolutely on fire yeah i mean he deserves to be priced here i think it's tough with these really young guys i think their pricing is just real volatile it is the beginning of the career until we kind of get a baseline right like rory or dj they can have a couple bad events and the, they're not going to bottom out, right? Their price will go down a little bit um, and up a little bit, but we have a great baseline on where they should be priced. You know, guys like Wolf, uh, Scheffler, Morikawa, you're going to just see so much volatility. It's like, they're going to have two good weeks and they're going to bump up to 10 K. They're going to have three bad weeks and they're going to be back down at eight K. Um, you know, I mean, he's priced way up. He's right now, not the caliber of golfer of guys like Xander or Rory. I don't think anybody would argue that. But, I mean, he's playing great. He's not for me this week just because he's priced up so, so much. Um, and, yeah, I, I just think it's kind of like you're buying in at an all-time high with him in a strong field as well. I think that's the other difference. You know, Shriners was a weak field. And I know he played great at the majors as well. Um, but what was the other tournament that he was second to Bryce? Was it Rocket Mortgage or the 3M? That was another weak field. Yeah, event. Rocket Mortgage. Yep. Um and again, he's been great at majors too. So I'm not taking anything away, but he's done a lot of damage in weaker fields too. So at 10K, really strong field. That's not for me. I mean, I couldn't blame anybody for for playing him because he's out of his mind, but it's uh, the price is a little steep for this field. That's what I was going to say. If you look at form, you can't fault anyone for going to Wolf. Uh, I get it. But for me, with a course that's an unknown, I do think this will be gettable. But I still think that more often than not, we're going to see Wolf excel in easier tracks where it's all about scoring. And this is a step up, not just in, in difficulty from the course because last week was so easy, but in field strength. So I don't want to really go there. I would rather honestly play Xander who I don't think is getting a ton of, of buzz out there, even though he's always popular, clearly would rather play any of the guys above both of them. Um, so yeah, I, ownership will determine some of this, but for me, Wolf, towards the bottom of the big six here, Let's keep it going. We got a lot of guys in the 9K range for being a small field. Cantlay, who, you know, Chad was talking about, kind of disappeared on Sunday. I thought he was poised to bury me even more. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He did not. You got Brooks's back. Hatton flies over. Morikawa 
Finau was here. I didn't under, I got questions on that for you. Uh, floor is yours. What do you make of this nine K range? Um, I dislike the nine K range a lot, except for one guy at the very bottom. For me, it's just, I, I think the guys, Rory, DJ, JT, Rom, obviously way more accomplished, way more win equity. I would rather, especially in a no-cut event, try and jam two of those guys. And I'm not saying that's the preferred lineup construction, but in my opinion, I would rather do that. I don't like a lot of guys here in the 9K range. I think there's question marks with all of them. I'm not, it's weird that Finau, has it been addressed? I mean, it's like nobody's even said anything, or at least I haven't even heard anything. It's just like, oh, yep, he's back, even though he tested positive for COVID. Was it last week? Yeah, he <laughs> I was, I, I'm not sure exactly. Obviously, we'll keep an eye on Twitter tomorrow night. If there's any news, we will certainly give that to you on Live Before Lock. I, I was stunned to see him in. I thought no chance he plays. Yeah. So. Um, so, I mean, for me, I, I would still wouldn't mind going back to Morikawa. Now he's coming off two straight missed cuts. Um, I liked him last week, <clears throat> but he, he was fine. He shot six under the approach game was a positive. Um, and it was kind of the, the same thing we saw out of the last missed cut. I, I'm not, you know, if you look at the stats behind these two missed cuts in a row, you know, it, he, he played fine. Um, I think 9,500 is East price. I don't think people will hop back on him. Again, I don't love this range at all. My favorite play in this range is Hovland at flat nine, who I think is a really good play. T13 at the U.S. Open, where he gained 6.1 with the ball striking. T14 at the Tour Championship. That's without the starting strokes. I don't know where he finished with with the weird starting strokes. T14 there gained five and a half. And he was a guy that was on fire out of the restart. Then he kind of had a bumpy couple tournaments where the ball striking seemed to go away, but now he's, he's right back, makes a ton of birdies. I love him. He's my favorite play in the nine K range. Um, this is just not a range that I like a lot. Yeah. And you mentioned just, it's, it fits your narrative of like with these young guys with loads of talent, it does seem to benefit you to maybe buy when they're, you know, cause they can turn around so fast and Hoblin right now, I think is on the him and Morikawa certainly are behind Wolf right now. Like, Morikawa was on top of the world not that long ago. And then, you know, it's just going to be a carousel. Uh, Adam Levine, good stuff from chat. Finau just withdrew. Uh, so we don't have to worry about him. Robbie Shelton in for him. Appreciate that. Uh, giving us the news here. So that's one less guy. We ha- So a couple guys, what are you going to do with Brooks? Uh, you know, he's battled some injuries. He's back. I assume this is just to start to get some reps before the Masters, right? Yeah, when I when I saw he was in the field, I was honestly really excited because I thought he would be like eighty eight hundred, mm-hmm. and he would be cheap and low owned. And he was honestly he had not played that poorly um, leading into the break for the injury. Um, the putter. Yeah, I mean he almost won the WGC where the ball the ball striking was lights out through three rounds at the PGA. He was great. So that's seven consecutive rounds playing really well the problem is is he's not that cheap I mean 9700 with a lot of unknowns injury concerns you know he'll be low owned and I think he was playing fine before all of this happened all all the layoff the injury etc but the price is a little steep I thought he'd be cheap and low owned now I just think he's going to be low owned so probably not for me this week I don't have a strong take on it I I think if ownership 
does come in low owned. He's interesting because it's Brooks. He's got win equity. I just don't know exactly what we're going to get for him in a field like this. There's already unknowns with the course. I don't really like pairing up. Like, I don't know if he fits the course. I don't know how he's playing. I don't know what there's, that's a lot of unknowns. So. Not a major. So he doesn't care. Not a, not a major. So he doesn't care. See, we're adding things to the list here. Uh, as I mentioned, Hatton flies over. I don't think that's a huge deal, but I'd be lying if I said, I think it's great to see a guy, you know, who played in Europe now playing here. That's not the best thing where some other guys were already in Vegas playing last week, or at least were here. <laughs> what do you do with one of the many guys who hurt you last week? What do you do with Decky? You don't play him. Don't I, that play was him? my mistake. I, I've been anti-Decky for... You have. Quite a while. And I used to be pro-Decky. And um, no, that was my mistake for playing him last week. Um, you know, he missed the cut. He's normally a guy that you can count on. And in a no... Do you view a no-cut event as is some of these steady Eddie players who you think of as just cut makers, do you think that they lose value and you're like less likely to play them in a no cut event? Because it's like some of their value is gained because they're always making the cut where, and that, yes. and that goes away in, in a, in a format like this. Absolutely. Um, guys like Rio, Paul Casey, when he was like very stable Kuchar. Yeah. Part of the reason that they fit your price, uh, your builds a lot is because you have other guys with major upside and you say, they're going to give me a T25 and that's great. It doesn't really work like that here. It's not to say even a guy like Decky can't get on, on the doorstep, but part of the reason that you play him last week, obviously didn't show this, is that he's very stable. He kind of does what he does. Putter lets him down. He gains strokes, T to green. And he has a lot of, you know, 20, he was on a stretch of 21st, 22nd, miscut, 20th, 22nd, 29th, 3rd, 15th, 17th. Like he cashed one top 10 ticket, but he cashed almost every week in a top 20 ticket. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. And it sounds funny to say off of a miscut, but it's like, I think some of his value is derived from uh, it is making a lot of cuts and in decent performances, but yeah, we don't, we don't really need that this week. And no, and then I'm, you just, look- I, I'm off of him. I dislike him again. And then you look at other guys. I think Hovland fits this a little bit where, they're going to have they're going to have more miscuts than you would think from a player of their caliber but the scoring the upside things like that it actually enhances them i mean ricky when we get to the eights is another one like that but i'm trying to delay the inevitable about talking about him is there anyone else in the 9k range that you want to get to before we move on no i i really don't like i love hovland and i do not like hardly anybody else in this range okay that's fair I will say, chat, as we move it along here, a couple couple programming notes. One, you guys know the drill on this lovely Tuesday. I'm going to ask for likes. If you hit that like button, uh, keeps the keeps the lights on, keeps everybody happy, and we do appreciate it. Two, we got Tuesday night football tonight, uh, and that is something that I'm never going to be able to say on the show again, so I wanted to make sure I did. Bills, Titans, our NFL showdown single game rankings are free on the site today, so you should go check them out. Show tonight with the man himself, Alex Baker, Kyle Dvorak. He'll be leading you up to lock. So all of that is important. Um, as we continue, though, Scotty Scheffler, Fitzpatrick, who's now a bitter rival with Bryson DeChambeau. I don't know if you saw that. You got Sanjay M, Harris English, who, thank God, missed the cut. Louis Ustase and Sergio Day. A lot of big names in the AK range. This shows the depth of this field. It's 
I mean, he couldn't have looked any worse than 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 how he did by talking about distance off the tee and just shut up. Hit the weight oh, bench, ouch. you know. Just hit, hit the weight bench if you hit the ball farther if you if if you know if that's what it takes. Um, I love him this week. I don't know how popular he'll be. I'm guessing he'll be pretty popular. Um, but the last four events, he's been really, really solid. The ball striking has been good. Uh, the finish have been, finishes have been decent. Hasn't really threatened to win. Uh, he was T13 last week, gained almost nine strokes with the ball striking. Uh, T28 at Sanderson Farms. T22 at the U.S. Open gained eight strokes with the ball striking. So he's gained um, – at least four strokes or 3.7 with the ball striking his last four events. Two of those were plus eight. Uh, just a guy who I think was just on this upward trajectory, maybe got a little bit derailed by COVID because when we came back out of the break, he kind of some, uh, he was just a little rocky. I don't know. It, it really was inconsistent out of a guy who has been super consistent. I don't know. If it seemed like the break hurt him. He seems to be getting some of that back. I think he's got a ton of upside. Another young guy, I, I don't know. I feel like he got kind of lost now that we have Hovland, Wolf, Neiman, or Neiman. Well, he's another young guy. He's, he uh, counts. What, whatever, Morikawa, all these young guys. I, I, he feels like he kind of got lost in the mix. I think 8700 is a great price for a guy who's consistent, but I also think has that upside to win this event. I don't disagree. Um, you know, there, there are guys, Sanjay and co, that I, I think are in the mix here. <sighs> I tell you what, though, this is a range. It's just so hard for me to organize because you have a, such a stark contrast. You have like seasoned veterans of day, Sergio, Usti, and then you have the Schefflers and Ims of the world. Like I, I have trouble when, when you like that, just because it's not that they play so different. They just are kind of different in terms of upside and things like that. And we even saw it last week, guys like day decky or something about those really low, to, uh, you know, scoring environments that doesn't seem to suit them as much, but I'm with you. I'm with you on Sunday heavily. Another interesting guy in all formats betting as well. Tita Green, fantastic last week. As we work down a little, what do you, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to abstain. What do you think is up? I mean, Ricky, if you look at his stats, obviously he lost like eight strokes on the approach, but he hit it in the water a bunch. That's going to ruin your strokes gained approach. <laughs> I mean, is he just completely broken where we put him in the speed bucket and we say, if he starts playing better, we'll reconsider. Or is there something there that you can hang on at 8,100? Uh, well, I mean, like you said, the, the stats look terrible from last week. It was kind of all based off of one hole, but it's really hard for me to get away from that. Um, and yeah, he just seems slightly broken, not to the point of speed. I don't think anybody's no. that broken, but um, I don't know. It, if he was boomer bust and we've, we've seen some really high finishes out of him, but a lot of miscuts, a lot of inconsistency, I'd feel better about taking a shot with him this week. And it's like, well, we don't have to worry about the miscuts, but it's, I don't know. It's hard for me to see him contending. Like, even if he has a really good week, do you see him finishing in the top 10? It's like, we haven't seen that out of him uh, since the American express, you know, the, he was his second start of this year. He was T10 in a weak field. Um, so no, I don't, I don't really think he's for me this week. I, if I felt like a good, you know, he had a top five in him or a top 10, I just don't feel like he does. I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to compete when you have a handful 
of holes that are just disasters. Like Ricky scores. He makes a ton of birdies. Even when he gets cut, he makes a ton of birdies. Very rarely do you see him just saying like, oh, he just didn't score enough to get there. No, it's that he has a, seemingly a double or a triple um, in almost every round. So I don't know what exactly to do with that. Obviously, I've been playing him heavily and it hasn't been working. I think what I'm going to do is just hard cap him for me. You know, I'll take maybe a slight position over the field, but that's it. No, like, massive stand and see where I land because it's hard to trust. I, no like lock, I said, I don't, no I don't know what to running Ricky this week. What? No lock button for Ricky. No, no lock button, which is a step for me. It's just not happening, and the price is enticing, but you just mentioned it. He hasn't had a top 10 since January. Like, and the, there are tournaments in there where I – it seems like like at the WGC, Ricky was either in the final pairing or the second final pairing, just completely collapsed on Sunday. It's just very, very tough to to uh, you know to deal with that. So again, in a, in a non-cut, I get it because you know if he has a bad Friday, you're not going home. But at the same time, I don't think that that's something I'm really going to go to. And yeah. Then, we're not getting there with Ricky this week. No, listen, that, that keep in mind, chat. When I say that, it's not to say I won't have Ricky this week. So when okay. you show that $50,000 screenshot on Sunday that has Ricky, we don't want to. Uh... Yeah, yeah, we got to make sure. Uh, we do have to circle back for a second. DJ has COVID now, so he is out. Um, that's going to change some things at the top. Certainly Rory, JT, and Rom will become extremely more popular. They're going to take that ownership. We'll have to wait and see. Chat, we really do appreciate it. Uh, any thoughts on that? I mean, I, I would say, yeah, DJ was probably my second choice at the top behind Rory. Like you said, it'll just concentrate ownership even more. Um, it's ridiculous. Yeah, he'll be very But we get like, him. we get the almost the poor man's DJ is in the field now. Your boy, JT Poston. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Guy. Um, no, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's really much we can say about DJ being out of the field that's going to change anything about roster construction. Um, I'm not doing anything differently. Like you said, it's just going to take his 20% and probably add equal parts to Rom, JT, and Rory. Yep. Yeah, like I said, and that's something our our premium tools will obviously are going to account for that in the ownership. We'll have to see how it shakes out, but uh, just wanted to get that out there. Chat again, really do appreciate those updates. That's why we pay you the big bucks. Um, 8K range. No, that's a lie. Fake news. Anyone else in the 8K range with Answer and Paul Casey, really the only guys we haven't at least glossed over yet? Uh, no. I mean, I think if I was taking another shot, I would maybe go to Oosthuizen. Last week, I didn't think was the best spot for him. Um, Can't go that low. Yeah, he cannot go that low. Um, But he's just continued, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight positive ball striking. A guy who's 
very inconsistent over his career. He seemed to gain some consistency. Price is good. I still don't know if this is the best course fit. It's going to be better than last week. Um, don't love him, but I think if I had to go elsewhere in this range, it would be Usti. Yeah. So what I said at the top, I think it's where Usti comes into play. If I think this course, and I don't know, if I think this course, the winner is 10 under, 12 under, it's going to be windy. It's going to be tougher. I probably, he finds my way into some of those lineups. Uh, You mentioned the form is great. Tough conditions are certainly a benefit for him. If I think it's going to play like the Shriners, I don't have a lot of interest just because there are other guys in that range that can really score. If I think it's going to play like the Shriners, I don't have a lot of interest in this tournament. That's excellent strategy. Um, Yeah, maybe I'll just run, maybe I'll just run back my Shriners lineups with the few guys that played both and see what happens. Yeah, why doesn't Party Marty get in here? Get him in here. I know. Yeah, he's too good for this field, honestly. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Brendan Todd, your boy, right ahead of Justin Rose. What a world. You, do you know the odds I could have given you that we would see that like four years ago when Brendan Todd would have been negative 2,000 in this field? Unbelievable. And Todd just continued at the end of the year to play well. Like he he... I mean, Everybody was just waiting for him to just go back into the hole and, and die. Um, but he continued to play well. Not for me this week at 7,900. I don't know. I think there's just – he's he's tough. I mean, he just does not fit today's game. Overmatched, I think, at a lot of courses. I don't know if this course – like we said, we don't know if it's going to favor the Bombers. But, I mean, it's tough. He's a more consistent version of, like, a Wesley Bryant. There's going to be very few courses – that really, really fit him. And I don't think this is one of them. I mean, he can compete, but he has to gain legitimately five to 10 strokes putting. And he did that in four out of eight events. That's ridiculously unsustainable for anybody. Uh, great putter. Nobody's that good though. Yeah. I mean, he's just the, it's just harder for him. I mean, the game, he, he has to play better than a lot of these guys to finish T15 in a field like this. I mean, this is what we talk about a lot with, in terms of the strokes gain data, Rory, Bryson, Hovland, even if they are off horribly, they're probably going to gain a stroke or two off the tee. The best putters in the world when they're off are going to lose two or three strokes putting. Uh, it's just different. It's certainly not as repeatable. And that's where it's tough with Todd. So I'm with you there. What, what do you make of Justin Rose, though, who's another guy he played in Europe last week? Obviously, the price mid-sevens is appealing, but the form is certainly not. Yeah, so he's a guy, I would say, kind of the on the opposite side of the coin as a Ricky. Um, inconsistent, but at the price, I've he's flashed some decent finishes recently. I wouldn't mind taking a shot because I think the price is good, and I think if he's playing well, we can get a top 10 out of him. Uh, I just, I don't know. For whatever reason, I don't feel like that with Ricky. So I'd rather take the shot with Rose. Um you know, he's missed cuts, but hey, we're getting four rounds. We don't have to worry about that missed cut. And I do think he has some upside. The price is good. Not ideal that he's coming over from the BMW, but I, I don't make too big of a deal out of that. Yeah, I, I don't love it. Like I said, I can't. Why would you? He's done that more than his fair share of times, though. This is a veteran who's played on both tours. And when you look at the strokes gained, it, it does glean some hope that it's not like he has a massive problem in any area. He's just not consistent in any area, but he gained five strokes on the approach, two events, four events ago, he gained seven strokes putting. He's gained off the tee in three straight. It's all there. It's just not firing on all cylinders. So we talk about that a lot on the show. 
I don't mind that. Still, definitely some risk, but certainly some reward. Then we got guys like Woodland, Lowry, Kisner. Uh, Norin is here. I didn't even know he was in the field, and I've been looking at this for a while. What do you make of the mid-sevens? Love Neiman again at 75. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going right back there. Uh, played well last week. He was T13, gained three strokes with the ball striking. And like I said, he was good at the U.S. Open. He finished T23, a little bit more of the short game there. Ball striking wasn't great. Um right around neutral, which, which isn't horrible. Um, he was bad at the tour championship, but then prior to that, he was really, really good at the BMW where he was T3 gained eight strokes, the ball striking. I just think this is a great price. He seems like another, like I talked about him kind of feeling a little bit underpriced, maybe should fit in, uh, with guys like Morikawa and Wolf. Um, Neiman is just, I mean, what was it two years ago where he was the latest, greatest thing and he's 7,500 he's playing well. Um, it's not like he's playing poorly. He, he's playing really well. The numbers are good. Um, the price is great. I, I don't know. He's, I think he's just, he's a great play at 7,500. There's no red flags in my mind. You're going to get four rounds for a guy that can really score. The putter has been good. He's going to gain off the tee. The spot where he's struggling is his strongest suit. When this guy came on, his irons were like breaking data sheets. Right now he's lost on the approach in three straight. That'll regress positively will be this week i have no idea but we know that he's a good ball striker i feel confident saying we have seen enough of neiman to know what kind of player he is so 7500 i think you could argue he this is probably a hot take i don't think it's that big a stretch to say he could be in the same caliber as wolf and morikawa i don't think it's a stretch at all i well, mean pe- look people at what think he did. that's a stretch believe me well, look at what he did when he burst onto the scene he had like three or four events big events like memorial where he was in like the top five top ten and then granted he was striking the ball and putting out of his mind out of his mind <laughs> he came back down to earth a little bit but then he won an event and, and, and like i said i mean the, these young guys their price is volatile but he just seems like I mean, he's a talent. There's no doubt about it. He was, what, the number one ranked amateur. Yes. He came out of the gate hot and contended in good fields on the PGA Tour. Like he's immediately. won. Immediately, he won a PGA Tour event. I mean, this kid is, he's really good and he's playing good. It's not like we're talking about all this stuff and he's playing awful and we're just trying to buy low. He's playing great and the price is good. Yeah. He, he was 8,100 last week. 75, I think, is too big a drop. I know the field is stronger, but more than reasonable. What do you make of Woodland? He's a guy that's been, I think, pretty quiet this year. You know, obviously had a breakthrough. The form has been bad. Hasn't had a top 20 since work day back in July. Aggressive, he can handle a long course, but you just not feel it. The price stuck out to me when I was like, damn, Woodland 7,700. Mm-hmm. But then when I just looked at the finishes, I looked at the stats, I just really couldn't come up with anything that said he was a good play outside of just really long-term form you know, overall talent, et cetera. Um, so I, I mean, I wouldn't doubt anybody for playing him. I mean, I think it's 7,700 great price, but it's hard for me. If I don't see it in the finishes, if I don't see it in the stats, um, you know, as a guy that doesn't make a ton of lineups, you know, it's hard for me to just say, oh, we'll take a sprinkle of Woodland. It's like, I, I really need a good reason to play almost everybody that goes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and him outside of just really long-term form, I, I, I don't see it. Problem I have with Woodland, and again, like you said, would I fault anyone for playing Woodland? Obviously not. I like Neiman much better. That's not even close. If I was going to take a complete flyer, I would just take Rose. I think they're similar. They're not playing well. I know they can do it long-term better than their price. 
I like Rose more than Woodland in that situation. And we've seen Rose with good finishes since the restart. Um, we haven't seen that out of Woodland. So it's like, yeah, we are taking a flyer with Rose, but it's a lot less of a prayer because we've seen, you know, he was good at the PGA. Um, he was good at one of the events, like right out of the gate. I don't remember if it was Travelers or RBC or Colonial, um, but we've seen it from Rose. Like Woodland, you're really going to have to go back to find a good finish. Um, for me, my, one of my other favorite plays uh, is Bubba at 7,300. I mean, is this I don't a Bubba know. course? We don't He's know. Playing good. He's can, been consistent. Um, I honestly wish this was not a no. I wish it was a full field event with a cut because I think people are going to gravitate to guys like Bubba. They're going to say, oh, no cut. Like, we got to play these crazy scorer bomber guys. Oh, Bubba. And honestly, I feel very confident. He was T13 at the U.S. Open. He gained 10 strokes ball striking. Um, he was T16 at the BMW Championship, gained four. He was T18 at the Northern Trust, gained 2.2. He was positive. He gained 4.4 at the PGA. Um, positive ball striking in six of seven. Two times he's gained 10 strokes with the ball striking, which is like off the charts amazing. He's been good. I mean, the price is great. No cut event. You don't have to worry, but I'm not worried. Like I said, I, I wish there was a cut because I feel like people are going to kind of gravitate towards him. I agree with all. I mean, I'll put it this. Bubba coming 31st at the U.S. Open, that's worth like two majors. He hadn't come in the top 30 in about 15 years. He, he is not a U.S. Open guy. Just to see him make that cut was impressive. And, and if he had a short game, he would have been contending. Oh, my God. Yeah, he couldn't putt at all. It was just the putter. I have no problem with Bubba. The other thing, and this is a good and bad thing, I think the range is terrible that he's in. So he's going to be popular in my mind just because of that. Guys next to him, Norin, Poulter, and Spieth. Eh. Horschel, Harmon, Siwoo. I think that's a little better. But no one really, when you think bombers, and I think a lot of people will, the next bomber is Kokrak at flat seven. Yeah, he is. He's stuck in with a lot of guys that are, are quite different golfers than he is. How much speed are you playing? The same amount I've played for the last two years. Zero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's working. Nice. I actually bet as sad as it is, I've, I bet against speed in a head to head already. It's just I'm starting to feel bad. I mean, he, he's not even close. I know that he's had some finishes, but um, if you look at the numbers, there's just nothing there. There's nothing there. I mean, to say at 7,300, he's even a thought for me. And it's not like a, I know sometimes we get stubborn, we get personal, like, ah, I hate this guy. I mean, there's nothing there in the, even in the, in any of the numbers that tell me he's anywhere close to being a good play. It's true. Um, you know, there's other guy, Billy Ho, Siwoo. I look, you know, looked at their strokes gain. Nothing stands out in either way. I'm not strongly against it. I'm not strongly for it. So for me, and this guy kind of fits in where we're talking about like Kuchar, Grillo, um, like a steady Eddie type that I don't maybe loses a little value, but Munoz has been good. I mean, he keeps playing good. And it's like, I don't know. We, I don't, we don't really want to, I I never play the guy, but he's T30 in his last five of his last six positive ball striking and five of his last six. Um, Every, every positive ball striking performance was at least 2.4. So it's not like he's just squeaking out a little bit. I mean, he's playing really well. Um, like I said, I don't know. Is he going to contend in this field? Hard to see that. Does he lose a little value because he's been so consistent? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but I mean, 
the finishes and this consistency and the stats are are really good for 7k listen there's no denying that he's playing well uh the only time he quote-unquote struggled over the past couple months was at the u.s open and he made the cut like him coming 59th there there's no shame coming 59th at the u.s open I do think he's, he is in my, I have a handful of guys that I actually care about what surface they're on. He's one of them. He's got extreme Bermuda splits. I don't think that's the best thing in the world, but I don't also target him for putting. So it kind of alleviates that. Like if he was a world-class putter on the wrong surface, that'd be a problem. He's a good ball striker. He's not a great putter anyway. I don't love that. He's not on Bermuda though. That's the one thing. Eh, flat seven will be in my player pool. Not sure how popular it will be though. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people will play him. Um, really? No, I, I just don't. People just don't get excited about him. And especially in this field, I think you're going to see people just wanting to gravitate towards like, I don't know what it is about a no-cut event. People just want to go crazy, right? It's like, oh, That's I got to play Siwoo Kim and all these other crazy guys because there's no cut. I, and I just, it's I'm struggling with Munoz because I feel like he's a good play, but also in the format, I think he loses some values. I, I'm really, I don't know what to do with him, but the numbers, the finishes have been good. No, I, listen, I, I, there's no denying that these guys form at 7K is reasonable. Uh, what do, do you make anything of Kokrak? I mean, he's more quote unquote fits in terms of pairing him with guys like Bubba and the, the heavy drivers. You know, he missed the cut at the Shriners, but before that he'd been playing great. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a really good spot for him just because he had been really, really good going into the Shriners. And what was he? He was 8,900 or something. He was pretty he was up there, yeah. priced last week. So, I mean, I think it's a good spot to just jump back in, especially with no cut. Um, alleviates maybe some of the concerns uh, com- coming off of the performance last week. Um, and you don't want to make too much of one. Look, the guy had, what was it, four events in a row where he was really good. Don't want to make too much out of the miscut, especially at the Shriners where it was a ridiculous cut line anyway. Um, yeah, I think he's a good play at 7K. Probably I would prefer a guy like him over Munoz in this in this format, I would say. I think I would too. Um, and that I, I do think it's small edges, but that's where the no cut comes into play a little. Um, you know, you don't really care about stability. You're just looking to tap into that top end upside. And I think Kokrek has a little more in a field like this uh we still have a bunch of names not the best players in the world but certainly household names i mean matt kuchar is in the sixes Corey connors is one of your guys in the sixes mackenzie hughes leishman my like what what do you make of the upper sixes specifically i want you to talk, like leishman was so bad he was broken fresh restart or, or still no I just want to say, God help anybody who plays Kuchar in this. Event. No, well, that's not the answer. We uh, know that. Live a little bit. Live yeah, a little on. bit. Yeah. Um, boy, I looked at Leishman hard at 6,800. But boy, th- some of those numbers in his last few oh, starts were just, I mean, dreadful. Uh, and it was, I kind of, not minus 6.8 ball striking at Tour Championship, minus 9.7 at the BMW. Uh, I don't know. That's, that's tough for me. That's another one of, you know, a sprinkle for, for 150. If you're making 150, I could see it um, for the uh, less than 10, the hand builders like me, that's a tough one to get in there. 
it is you're listen i think it's the same thing that you're telling yourself with these guys but you now have a lower barrier like they're he's obviously playing worse than guys like ricky and rose it's also a thousand dollars cheaper so it's like can leishman show anything i think the answer is yes i do think he's worth playing if you think that he's either hurt or the game is just gone then obviously you don't want to go there uh he has so since the restart I mean, the stats are awful. Yeah. He's had one made cut with positive ball striking. It was the Travelers. Everything else is either miscut or massive, massive negative in, in the off the tee and on approach, which is. Yeah. I mean, he was, and he was being forced to play because it, like he had extended deep into the FedEx Cup and he was just coming in last he was upon playing last. like a guy that was forced to play. <laughs> Seriously, man. Uh, what do you make of your Canadians? Corey Connors has been pretty bad. He, he he showed some life at Sanderson Farms, but it just hasn't been nearly as crisp. I like him because he did show life at Sanderson Farms. Granted, that's a weak field, but he was T17, gained almost six with the ball striking. He's a guy where I think, yeah, this format is good for him because, you know, he's he's had some clunkers in there. But we know he has some upside. He can get just new caught with the off the tee and on approach. Um, he seemed to turn it around at Sanderson Farms. Um, so he's kind of trending upwards. Uh, so it just, yeah, the no-cut event just alleviates some of those concerns about, boy, are we going to get a really bad event out of him? And, and as a guy where we can just kind of focus on upside, I think at 6,900, I, I like him. Um, Definitely more than Kuchar. I don't know about that guy anymore. No. Um, Mackenzie Hughes, Hughes the, just the, the putting god himself. No. I just can't do it. I cannot do it. But that guy is just draining. Every time you turn around, just draining 50-footers like it's nothing. Yeah, he's it's on like a Spieth-esque run when Spieth was winning everything. Except he's not the, – the ball striking isn't there. But it's like, it's like every time you turn around, the guy is just draining – bombs all over the course i i've never seen anything like it um it, it's truly insane i i can't play that good for people have played him and stuck with him and they've been paid off i just i i really have trouble with guys like that because they're consistently in when you project them with stats they don't show up like his stats are non-competitive off the tee it's really hard it's brendan todd formula to do that so even it's Cameron Smith. The, the putting is so weird, though. It's like it's it's volatile, but it's like it's it can carry you. Whereas off the tee, it's like if you're just bombing it off the tee and gaining, I, I feel like that can't carry you to high finishes. Like you have to have something else. It's not like you can just go hit it three fifty right down the middle for four rounds and finish in the t ten top ten. You know, right? It's like the putter is the only thing that can actually just carry everything else to a top 10 it feels like oh for sure <laughs> it's you're not just gaining the... 12 strokes off the tee no you can't but it's a lower both sides of it like you're going to gain off the tee if you're a good driver though i just yeah. thought about that i hate mckenzie hughes but i'm just looking at all these finishes <laughs> it's like he's got you know four five top 13s or better in his last eight starts or seven starts it's ridiculous yeah i mean it's it's the it's the trump card like you don't need to be if you can especially with him too it's not just it's not just the putter around the green he's gained in nine of ten like so if you're getting out of trouble and making all those putts doesn't really matter what you do but that's just not a formula for success long term 
in my opinion. It's very hard to do that, especially when these other guys are just the stability tee to green is just immense. So down here, listen, you're not going to find a ton of great plays. So if you want to go there, I'd rather play Cameron Smith, who is similar. He's not going to gain off the tee. No, fine. fine. Who are you going to play down here? Benny on um, another miscut last week. He played all right though. I would probably, um, if I wanted to throw like four condoms on, I'd probably play steel at 6,500. Feels good. Who, yeah. Um, who had been great in, into last week and was fine. He missed the cut on the number minus six positive ball striking, negative putting. Um, not going to make too much out of that. If I wanted to get crazy, I'd play champ who has been all over the board, but I think in this format at 6,400, he's just worth a dart throw to me. But I mean, there's, there's not much with champ outside of like, let's just play crazy guys in, in the no good event. I mean, the thing about champ is he does one thing at a world-class level. And when you get into the sixes, and this is why not to backtrack and not to speak to both sides, but you know what? Mackenzie Hughes does one thing at a world-class level and that's what keeps him in the conversation. But that one thing is something that could go. Whereas, whereas champ, we know he's going to gain. Off that's the, the difference. Or at least be like, if he has a terrible event with the driver, he's at like zero. Yeah. You can't lose. Just like with the putting, you can't gain like 10 strokes. Champ can't lose massive amounts of strokes off the tee. It's literally impossible. It, that couldn't happen. There's no scenario. So what do you make of Benny on? He lost another five strokes putting last week. So he's up to about 15 over his last three events. Can you, you, I just assume you can't play a guy who putts like that. You can't make enough. Yeah, putts. I no, I don't think I can get there. Miscut in three of the last four. Yeah. He'll be back. Um, but it's just not for me this week. Yeah. The yeah. putting was so, so it, it, some of these guys, it really looks like an actual problem. And it's not just like, well, he's running bad with the putter. It's like, boy, he's got something like actually wrong. <laughs> I mean, he can't, he goes through these stretches and this is what happens. He will be fine, but it's really hard to back a guy that's live to lose eight to 10 strokes putting. Um, well, it, it caps your upside so much. So, uh, all right. A couple other names, then we'll bounce on out of here. We've got some, you know, you mentioned champ, you've got Taylor Gooch way down there. Uh, you've got the 18 year old Korean that a lot of people, you know, were very impressed with in, in Jung Hoon Kim. Is, is there anything in the low sixes that you think you'd be comfortable if you say you want to pair Rom and Rory or something, what would you do? Yeah, there's one guy and I can't believe I'm going to tout him because I actually hate him. Um, Go, goes all the way back to when I used to do a podcast with Davis Maddock and my fantasy insider days. Cause he loves this guy. Uh, it's Tom Hoagie. Um, and I know like 6,100 hate the guy, but he's just, just freaking pops up once in a while plays well T 30 or better in his last three starts, uh, positive ball striking in his last three starts plus 4.5 last week. I mean, for 6,100, you're not going to – you can't find anything better than that stats-wise. I mean, there's – yeah, are there guys who maybe have some more talent than him? Obviously, yes. But from a stats and a finishes perspective, you're not going to find anything better than that. So, I mean, I'd be comfortable with him as, like, the last guy in, least likely to that, – that's how I'd put it. He's the least likely to kill you in this range. I don't I know agree. if he has the most upside, um, 
but I don't think you're looking for upside down here. It's like we've jammed in all the studs. Who is the least likely to kill you? I think it's Hoagie. So the way you have to think about it, and this is how I, I would, if I jam to the point where I need someone in this range, I'm going to assume most of the big time placement points are gone by my own guys. You know what I mean? Like that's a good way to think about it. Like, okay, Rory and Rom and somebody else, they've taken the major placement points. So there's not that many spots up for grabs. Then it just becomes, can he make some birdies? Can he come, you know, not in the way back? Can he grab a couple placement points? I think the answer to that is yes. Now, I don't know if I'm going to need to go this slow, but that is how I try to build. It's not like, oh, Tom, if Tom Hoagie wins the event, that's not what you're planning anyway. That's not an out that you really bank on. You hope that your studs do the heavy lifting and he doesn't screw it up immensely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you you put it perfectly. Um, he's not a guy that we're, we want to do the heavy lifting. No. Um, he's not a guy we're going to get excited about playing. But, you know, if, if I had what I thought was the nut lineup and I had 6,100 left or 6,200 left. Um, yeah. I, I think he can play this week and not kill you. Um, yeah. He has a couple things going. There's some other guys. Yeah. Like Gooch. Sure. Could Gooch go out and be on fire? Like we've seen him do once in a while. Sure. But he's been awful. He's been okay. It's kind of all over the map. Um, and maybe in this format, maybe that is a little bit better, but I think, like I said, Hoagie least likely to kill you down here. Yeah, listen, there, there's different profiles even when you get to the 6K range, but more often than not, I just want someone to who can just cancel and, and give me a 5v5 chance because I, I probably like my other five guys if I'm playing here. So that's my really kind of my final thought. We talk about this all the time in non-cuts. It's a fine line. Don't play guys just because you say, oh, well, I'm going to get four rounds. Like there still should be a reason. They still should fit the builds. Uh and and now without DJ, that does change the whole landscape. There have been plenty of no-cut events where on Saturday and Sunday, I wish that my guys were cut because I just, I don't want, I'm wasting my energy hoping that they shoot like a 58 to get and me back don't. in it. And it never happens. It never happens. Unless you're Tom Lewis, but I don't play him. So it makes it impossible. <laughs> um, on that note, chat tomorrow night, 830 Eastern, me and Jason Roslin, we will literally go through every player we'll talk lineup construction we'll make sure we're up to date on covid withdrawals uh obviously that's going to be a, a fluid situation one last time i just want to say a couple things one we appreciate you guys stopping in hit the like button on your way out and remember tuesday night football tonight alex baker kyle Dvorak, leading you right up till lock so we expect to see you guys there good luck this week appreciate everything and i'll see you guys tomorrow night for live before lock